The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Whether you're experiencing loss, pain, or just need a pick-me-up from time to time, you're about to get exactly what you need. Welcome to Go For It. Your host is Joe Hausman. Today, you'll hear stories and words of hope, love, and encouragement. Get ready to laugh while you learn. Here's your host, Joe Hausman. Hello, and welcome to my show, Go For It, here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I am your host, Joe Hausman. Thank you so much for coming back with me today and listening to the show. I always so appreciative of all of you. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to just shout out to all you guys. Uh, you've just been a blessing to me. And it's come to my realization that I started my show back in July 2016, so about seven months ago. I've actually never taken a show and just explained my situation and how I got to this point of doing my show, but also to also give you guys hope and perseverance for the future, because I want to share my story. And then I'm going to have a special guest come on um, after the first break, and we're going to talk about a new project that we're working on. But I really wanted to tell you guys about my story and how I got to my book and my radio show and everything else. And so... But way back when, but you know, like I, like I always do before every show, I always like to give some uh, words of encouragement and that's what I love doing. So I found this is called 10 to Zen. So 10, the number 10 to Zen. Number one, let go of comparing. Number two, let go of competing. Number three, let go of judgments. That's a hard one sometimes. I know it's a hard one for me. Number four, let go of anger. Number five, let go of regrets. Number six, let go of worrying. Number seven, let go of blame. Number eight, let go of guilt. And number nine, let go of fear. And number 10, and this one is my favorite, have a proper belly laugh at least one time a day, even if it's your... If Even if it's your inability to let go over everything, just have a belly laugh and start thinking about something funny that's happened in your life because there's nothing better than a good belly laugh to get your uh, day moving and your life moving and everything else going on. So there you go. Ten to Zen is what that's called. I find a lot of these great uh, um Phrases and everything on the internet, on Facebook, all over the place. So I'm always glad when I hear that. Now, I am a religious person. And even though I'm going to quote a couple of things this morning, don't think I'm going to keep preaching the Bible to everybody, but I am a religious person. And so when I find these Bible verses, uh, and I actually wrote some of these Bible verses into my into my book, but it really resonates with me and to the point that that's why I want to give you guys hope and encouragement. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we are justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope 
does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through our the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And so those last few lines that really got to me in that, you know, we boast in our sufferings, but just knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces hope. And that's why I want to share with you guys today is hope. And I have one more and then I will get on to the rest of my story. But like I said, these are all just ones that just resonate. So um, a glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. And that's from Proverbs 15, 13. So ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to go back quite a ways in my life. I'm, um, you know, I have a big birthday this year. But back when I was 11, I lost my dad to a massive heart attack. I was, uh, uh, him and I, I was born on his birthday, actually. And so we'd always celebrate our birthdays and have a great time. And when he passed away, my whole life, well, me and my family's life passed away. I have two older brothers. And all of a sudden, what we knew as a family was no more. We had to make our new normal. And so I actually want to read a little excerpt out of my book that talks about that. And then I'm going to go into more of creating that new normal. My uh, chapter one is in my book. Discussing my deep personal feelings doesn't come easily for me. Showing vulnerability is tough. I think communication became tough for me the night of December 9th, 1978. That is the night that my tall, dark-haired, handsome, and fun-loving dad passed away from a massive heart attack. How could the man I adored who was full of life, vitality, vigor, and laughter lie there in a coffin and not move? The man I shared a birthday with would no longer be laughing or sharing my birthday with me. I was 11 years old at the time and was in sixth grade. He was a coach on my softball and basketball teams. He was my prince, and I was his little girl. My dad always had a smile on his face and laughter in his voice. He loved to make people laugh. He wrote poems and drank beer. We lived close to the governor's mansion while we lived in Pierre, South Dakota. He worked for the state there and he would walk home for lunch some days. I would I was allowed to go meet him if the weather was good. So when I was given the okay, I would walk toward the mansion and meet him halfway. He would greet me with a big smile on his face and ask me how my day was going. I treasured those times. In addition to my mom and dad, like I said, I have two older brothers. <clears throat> I thought we had the perfect family. I rarely saw my parents fight. They loved each other more than life and raised us kids with great Christian faith and fellowship. When he left us, my world as I knew it was over. I was shattered, scared, and felt unsure of the future. There were so many people at our house crying and sharing stories of him. I remember thinking I just wanted all this crying to stop and laughter to begin again. Our family used to laugh a lot, and Dad liked to make jokes and make us smile. Two nights after he passed, I sat in the living room with my legs curled up underneath me, thinking if it was just five years from now, life would be good and we could laugh again. I longed to have a happy family again. I wanted to get back to a quote-unquote normal life, whatever that may be. And as I've went through life, I've always wanted to have quote-unquote a normal life. And so I give a lot of credit to my mom because after that, she actually produced, well, made it so we had a normal family. I don't know any different. You know, we went on, We thankfully we didn't have to move. We were able to stay in the same school district and same house and everything else. And so we created a normal life. And that's what we all must do when we have adversity come to us. We all have to create a new normal. And constantly through life, we're always creating a new normal. We're creating it when we get a different job, when we get a different car, if a baby comes into our life or we have a, you know, we buy our first house or buy our second house, it doesn't matter. You're always creating a new normal. 
And I didn't know that at the time. You know, when you're 11, you don't know that at the time. And I thought after five years, I just figured, you know, we would have a normal life again. And in reality, you know, it takes a while to adjust uh, to losing somebody. But like I said, my mom did a fantastic job. We had a lot of support around us. And if you are in the depths of losing somebody, go find people to help you create your new normal. And that's what I really want to resonate with you guys today. So learning to live through grief is something we all must encounter, unfortunately. It doesn't matter if it's personal, financial, mental, physical, or spiritual. Grief is grief. How we handle is how we handle other aspects of our life. Um, the story of my life and the journey that I've been on led me to where I'm at today. Some not so glamorous and some that is glamorous. I hope that you can learn from my experiences and come to a place of peace in your life, just as I have. So we all have to live through it. Why not live through it with endurance, knowing to take each day at a time and that patience and perseverance does win the race. So as I got older and graduated high school, I went on to college and uh, met and fell in love and, of course, got married to my first husband. We were only married two and a half years when I realized he was um, having affairs. But what I didn't realize is I was pregnant when I kicked him out of the house. So now again, we're creating a new normal because, <clears throat> excuse me, I never thought that I would be divorced. I would, ne I never want to be one of those statistics that I would be a divorced person, especially divorced with a baby. But let me tell you, God works in mysterious ways. That baby, my son Cody, was the biggest blessing to my life that I've ever had. That gave me more strength and more power than I never thought possible. I never thought in a million years I would draw strength like that from all the trials and tribulations of that time in my life. And I was I got married at 21 and divorced at 24. And he was born when I was 24. Matter of fact, he was three months old when our divorce was final. And thankfully, I had a college education and I actually got a really good job at the time. But what happened is I drew strength now, not only from my mother, but now from my newborn son. I remember when my mom came and stayed with us after he was born and we came home and as she was driving away, I looked out the window and I was holding this brand new baby and I said, well, looks like it's just me and you now, kid. And right then and there, I decided my life is going to be awesome. My life is going to be great. And it's because of that little boy that my life was awesome and great. He, like I said, he gave me great strength and great endurance and great perseverance to keep moving forward. So who is it or what is it in your life that's given you great perseverance because there's always something or someone that does that for us. And he was mine for me, just like my mother was earlier. And now I had this beautiful baby. Now being a single mom is tough. There's no doubt about it. I, I'll, you know, if it's easy for you, God bless you being a single parent, but being a single mom for me was tough. The financial part of it, you know, it's never easy, but I look back now and I absolutely love that time that I had with him. And I love those years because I was a single mom for 10 years. And what I did was I actually, when he was two and a half, I moved halfway across the country for a job. And people thought I was crazy. People thought, you're, there's no way you're going to move halfway across the country. Well, guess what? I did. And But you know what I did? I listened to the positive people and not the negative ones. The negative ones, I would let them chitter-chatter in my ear, and then i put them off to the side. I'm like, you know what? You can say that all you want, but I know what I need, and I know what I want. And I know that I want better for my son, and I want better for me. So when he was two and a half, I packed up all my belongings, and a couple friends helped me move out to the great state of Nevada. 
And that was halfway across the country for me. And in, I drove a little Geo Metro and it was like a, my little snowmobile because it got through uh, snow really well. And of course, living in the Midwest, that's what we have is snow. But I tell you what, once I made that move, I knew then I could do anything I put my mind to. I knew then that stepping outside my comfort zone, and I had never moved away from South Dakota. I had moved to college, but it was still within South Dakota. And so I knew then that I could do anything. So what is it that you're doing that has made you step outside the box and make you think that you can do anything? Because you can. The only person that's limiting is yourself and your beliefs. And if, like I said, if I would have listened to those naysayers, I never would have thought I would have been able to move halfway across the country with my two and a half year old in tow with me. It was the best experience of my life. And after that, I moved a couple more states. I want, my goal was to move to Colorado. That was my number one goal. I'd had family that lived out there and I just loved the mountains and I loved everything about Colorado. So eventually I got there before about the same year Cody was going to be in kindergarten. And once I got there, I just knew I was in the right place. I knew I was home. And so moving to Colorado, I, um, through a friend of mine that I had met, I actually met my late husband. And he was everything that we wanted in a man that I had been looking for at that time in a man. And he asked me to marry him by asking to be my son's dad. And, of course, I melted, which, you know, I think any of us would do. But it really was worthwhile. And I knew then my life was at peace. And I knew then that life was awesome. So as we went on, but the one thing I learned about my late husband, Jim was his name, is that he had had an illness before I met him. He had had uh, end stage liver disease. He's not a drinker, wasn't a big drinker, but it was from a tattoo that he received. So and he had told me about it. But you know, when I met him and married him, he was healthy. He was you know, outgoing, he was playing sports, he was working, he was doing all kinds of things. You had never known he was sick. That hepatitis C is a silent killer. And it's a nasty, nasty, nasty illness. And I know lots of people have to endure illnesses and lots of illnesses are nasty. I'm just, I can relate to that one because that's the only one that I know. So as we, as he, as we went on in our married life, uh, back home here in South Dakota, my mom was getting to a point that her vision was deteriorating and she was going to retire and couldn't drive anymore. So we moved back here to South Dakota and Jim was, you know, he was pretty good about it. He was a native of Colorado, but as we got back here, he uh, kind of, I started noticing him going downhill and we had only been here a few years when all of a sudden he was diagnosed with end stage liver disease and he needed a liver transplant. And I write about this all in my book. But how we went from, again, a normal life to this now abnormal life of having an illness and dealing with that illness. And so what we did was we just I took it head on. You know, I said, we have to endure this. We have to keep going. We have to keep moving forward. But the illness started taking effect on him in 2010. And during this whole process, we had the one son, Cody. And so 2010, Cody graduated from high school. I actually dubbed 2010 my year from hell. And when we first, when 2010 first came on, I thought, this is going to be my year of change. And it was a change that I would never, ever forget. Cody graduated from high school. And then in June, he had to have major jaw surgery. And we had to travel three hours from 
uh, my home, our home, to have him have the surgery. All the same time, Jim was going downhill. And when we got back from his surgery, he Jim was placed in ICU at the hospital. And around here, they didn't do liver transplants here at that time. They do now. They've just started. But we were, he went through the Veterans Administration Hospital that he had to go through Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So once they realized that he was so sick, he had to go, he had to be transferred out to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So once he was transferred out there and Cody was finally stabilized, I went out there and to be with him, lo and behold, he didn't get the liver transplant. You know, they basically said he's going to pass away. Does he, do you want him to pass away here in Pittsburgh or do you want him to pass away in South Dakota? And I thought, how does one even answer that question? So I composed myself and I said, no, he will be, uh, he will pass away in South Dakota. And so then I had to make the call to my son and tell him that the man that he considered his dad was going to pass away. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing worse than having to make a call like that, especially when you're not right there next to him. So we got Jim back to South Dakota, and he did pass away a few days later, a day before my birthday, actually. He passed away one day before my 43rd birthday. So Jim and I also like to celebrate our birthdays. We like to have fun. We, we're good about that. And we only have a couple minutes until break, so I'm going to try to wrap up this story. But we, we love to celebrate our birthdays. And the one thing I know he would have never wanted was to pass away on my birthday. So when he did pass away, I, I, we got down close, and I said, I'm still going to celebrate your birthday, and I'm still going to celebrate my birthday, which I do to this day. And so that was July of 2010. In August of 2010, Cody went off to college, and all of a sudden, I found myself alone. And I had an at-home business that I did, my virtual assistant business. So then, I'm all alone in my house, plus working from home, and you never realize how much you feel alone is all of a sudden when you are alone. Because after somebody passes, it really is... um, a trying time. But ladies and gentlemen, I do have to go to break. Uh, my engineers tell me that it is break time. So I will finish the story after we come back from break. And then my special guests will be on the on the show with me. And so we're going to talk about a new project that we have going because both of us had to endure um, losses in our life, but also to move on to greater things. So when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I will finish off with my story and then we'll bring on my special guest. So if you like, go to my website, www.johosman.com and also email me joe at joehosman.com. We'll be right back after break. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. 
On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Go For It. To reach Joe Hausman with a comment or question about the show, please send an email to joe at joehausman.com. That's J-O at joehausman.com. Now back to Go For It. Welcome back to Go For It, my show here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I am your host, Joe Hosman. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to me today. I've been sharing my story about um, how I've got to be where I'm at today. And I know since I started my show back in July of 2016, I've never really shared my story. So I really I wanted to get that out there today. And then I'm going to be bringing on my special guest here in a little bit. But to continue on where I was, uh, and so my, my son went off to college, and I was working my virtual assistant business at home at the time. And I had started that in 2005 when my husband was sick and my son was in high school because I really wanted to be at home with my son so I could go to all his events. But also it was a it was a blessing to me because then I was able to go to my, my husband's uh, doctor's appointments and be right there with him to know exactly what was going on. So my, my clients were very good to me. I had clients from all over the country. And uh, if, if you don't know what a virtual assistant is, and a lot of people don't, that means I, I'm like an administrative assistant, but I work from home. I own my own business and I, I had clients from all over the country. A lot of them were solo entrepreneurs that needed some help, but really didn't need a full-time person. So then they would hire me as their virtual assistant. And so now I, I teach people and I train people and coach people how to become virtual assistants. And so if you're interested in that, you can certainly go to my website, joehosman.com, and fill out the contact me form, and then I will. we can certainly get together and talk about that. So and it really is a blessing. I still have people coming to me today wanting to me to work for them as their virtual assistant. So that job, that business really was a blessing in disguise. But when you're all alone and you're sitting here in a big house, in a house and at least I had my dogs, I'll say that. But the wonderful thing that happened was people started calling me. People people I hadn't heard from in a couple of years would call me and just say, how you doing? Or people that you I would never thought would have called were the ones that called and said, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. What can I do for you? And those are the ones that really helped me. Everybody helped me. Don't get me wrong. Everybody helped. But as the ones that kind of came in afterwards, after all the stress was gone, but then there was new stress because all of a sudden here I am having to make a new normal again. And to me, I just, I wondered why. I never questioned God, but I wondered why. And I suppose that's questioning it, but I just thought there had to be a greater purpose there. I, I was still on this earth for a greater purpose. And really what I wanted to do is is um, keep Jim's memory alive. And I knew then I, I wanted to write a book, but I wasn't sure how to do it, where to do it, when to do it, until I met with a gentleman who told me about a publisher that I that I ended up hiring out in California, Bestseller Publishing. But before that, I decided I was going to take my life back. I decided that my life was worth living. And Cody was off at college. He was doing his thing. And the stress of being a caretaker was now off my shoulders. And somebody had told me this, that my husband actually gave me the gift of freedom. 
And I hated that saying because I, I didn't want the freedom, but yet I knew that was my new normal. That was my new reality that now I'm, I, I have this freedom. So I decided to get my master's degree and so I had to go back to school and the, and I talk about this in the book as well, but the young kids that I went to school with, cause I actually had to take some undergraduate classes before I was able to start the master's program. And they gave me so much life and so much vitality. They, I don't think they'll ever know what they did for me. And so after that, I started getting my, my, um, my smile back, my good graces back, just my, my zoom for life. And then I was asked, asked to run for political office. So I ran for city council. Actually, I ran unopposed, but I did win, of course, since I ran unopposed. And then a year later, I was asked to run for House or state house of representatives, which I did. Now, that election I did lose, but I figured, because when you put these great big signs out around town with your picture on it, I figured if I can do that, I can do about anything, because then you're, you're out there, you're kind of exposed to the world. And so all this while, I really wanted to write this book. And so finally, 2000, the end of 2014 hits, and I thought, you know what? It's time to write this book. And so I hired the publisher, and off we went. And they really held me by the hand. They really took me and, and t- took one each step with me because of such a personal story that I needed that help and guidance from them to write the book. And... The book took on a whole different life form than what I ever expected. Um, my son, Cody, wrote the foreword to the book, and then um, I did the rest of it. But it has been a godsend. And the name of the book is Go For It, A Woman's Guide to Perseverance. It became a bestseller on Amazon. And then from that book, I, I'm involved with many speaking engagements. And from the speaking engagements, I found another Voice America Empowerment radio host. And so from there... I knew I wanted this radio show. And so, lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. And so I am so thankful for all of you for listening. I am so thankful for you guys helping me create my new normal. My new normal is this book and this radio show. And something that I absolutely thought that nobody would ever read my book. Matter of fact, I almost quit writing the book several, several times because I didn't think anybody would ever read it. And lo and behold, it's a bestseller. And now because of the book, I have this show. So I'm so thankful for all of you. I'm so thankful for all of you being part of my new normal. And now I'm going to bring on my special guest because he is also part of my new normal. And he is my business partner and also my coach and mentor, Mr. Don Lloyd. Hi, Don. How are you? Hey, kiddo, doing pretty good. Are you doing well this morning? I'm doing fantastic. Well, super. Are you excited? I am excited. I'm excited every day, Don. Well, I know you are, and that's why I like you. I'm excited, too. I wake up every day, and one thing my late husband taught me is he taught me the power of positive thinking. So he would wake up every day and say, today's going to be a positive day. Today, we should put a smile on our face and, you know, have a positive day. And I always thought I was kind of positive, but he really put that into my heart and soul. And then I went to some trainings on the power of positive thinking and really about how to retrain your brain to instead of thinking negative, because we can all think negative and goodness gracious, I still do. But I have to retrain my brain to think, okay, you know what? As my mother always says, this too shall pass. And so whatever situation you were in, just know this, this too shall pass. And so try to retrain your brain into thinking the positive instead of thinking the negative. So when I had adversity about, you know, 
I will tell you, one time I was editing my book and I slammed down my laptop. I said, nobody's ever going to read this. Why would I even write this stupid thing, you know? And then I got up and I walked away from the table and then I had to stop myself. I had to think, no, just get back there, you know, open it back up. At least hope, if you can change one person's life, if you can let, you know, if one person reads this book and their life has been changed, that makes it all worthwhile. And so... I have heard from more than one that their life has been changed because of it. So again, thank you all for being part of my new normal being, hopefully you can all start thinking more positive in your life and overcoming the negative to get to the positive. So Don is actually one of those people that always thinks positively and he'll tell me all the time, you need to start thinking like a rich person. And I'm really starting to resonate with that. And I, and I think of that now when I think of different things that, okay, start thinking like a rich person. So Don and I want to start, and we are starting, and don't want to, we are starting what's called an anthology series. So because of writing my book, and Don has authored over 20 books now, with, and he's also a bestseller on Amazon, but I want to be able to help others write books now too, because that's going to be part of my new normal, is now I want to help other people write a book. And so what is called is we're starting an anthology series. So why would writers want to be an anthology series? Well, isn't it far better for an author to have his or her own published book? Yes, but being a lone author of a book is always, it's, it can sometimes be really hard to write a whole book by yourself. And it has some financial and, rec and um, other benefits that go along with being a published author. However, there's a lot of reasons why writers, even published ones, might want to consider being part of an anthology series. Less effort. We're looking for people who want to write one chapter, 1,500 words, that's it. You know, and that's a lot less work. Well, it's still going to be hard to write a chapter, but it's a lot less work than writing a whole, like my book was 12 chapters. And so less effort. Self-publishing or getting published by a regular publishing house can be quite a project. An anthology only requires authors to submit a 1,500-word chapter and leave those details to us, the editor and publisher. This allows authors to concentrate on creating their best work. In good company, some anthologies gather together top authors and experts, so to be included with recognized writers can afford less famous writers the benefits of being considered as par with them. Today's business card, being able to say, I'm one of the authors of, and the name of your book, can carry a lot of weight for writers who are seeking additional writing opportunities. The book becomes a great business card. It says that someone of note considered them and their work worthy to be included. And you can also consider yourself a published author. I'm on Amazon. You know what is it? It is exciting to say I am on Amazon. Google isn't the only place people look for writers and their work. Amazon is one of the Internet's premier search engines, especially for people who want to buy. Being searchable on Amazon has its advantages. But make note, make sure that the anthology lists all the authors when they make their book for sale on Amazon, which we are going to be doing. But you are also going to be have your name on the front of the book, of your book, and then with all the other authors on the back of it. And then why would an author ever pay or write for free to be in an anthology book? Well, we don't write for free. We, there is a charge to be in our, in our anthology book. However, it's very minimal compared to going out and publishing a book by yourself. For authors paying to be part of an anthology work can be a wise marketing investment, whether that means paying a fee or con contributing writing. 
A book can be an impressive calling card for attracting potential employees, clients, agents, speaking engagements, and even more writing assignments. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, ever since I've written my book, I cannot even begin to tell you the number of people who have come to me and asked me to review their work, review their um, writings, and also to be considered in other books. It is, I probably get at least one to two every week since I since my book has been published. My book has been published over a year now. So, um, so if you want to become a published author with us in our anthology series, I just want to give you some tips for success, successfully participating in an anthology book. Um, you know, authors, hey, Joe, you, hey, you must, hey, Joe? yeah, yeah. Joe, why don't yes. you let me pop in here for a minute? Yeah, go uh, ahead, Don. give you a little break. I know you love to talk, but this was to give you a nice little break here. Because uh, I want to, uh, I would like to share with the audience uh, uh, some tips, if you don't mind. Would that be okay? That would be perfect. Okay. First of all, let me say I have been included in an, an anthology series uh, several years ago uh, in, in, uh, uh, in a book entitled Singing the Song I Came to Sing. And it was about personal experiences that... Uh, uh, that we experience, we, we, we writers experienced in our lives that, that, that led us on the path that we were living. And, um, uh, and, and, and it was a pretty good experience for me because, um, uh, the publisher had a specific goal in mind. And, uh, and I, I sent him an, an article and, uh, he sent it back and says, way too long, cut it down. And I cut it down. I didn't know how I was going to cut such good information down, but I cut it down. And I <laughs> it's it hard to do to sometimes. And, uh, pardon me? It's hard to do sometimes when we have a lot of great information to give. <laughs> right. And so I, I sent it back to him. He, he reviewed it. He sent it back to me. He said, too long. Cut it down. And I thought, well, how is this going to be meaningful to anybody? What I didn't understand at the time is that they had a goal. Uh, because it's their book, you know, and, and, and they had a goal with their book and they had uh, objectives and all, and all that kind of thing. And I didn't see the big picture. Uh, all I could see was what I was, you know, I was writing about myself and I thought, well, this is all information, important information, but, uh, to the average person, it was just blabber because it didn't, it didn't connect with anybody. Um, and, and, and what I'm trying to say was in, in my first experience at this, I had to come to the conclusion that the editor or the publisher or whatever title you want to call uh, the person in charge is is really running the show. It's it's their deal. It's 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 their book, and they have requirements, specific requirements, in order to, to make their book flow well and, and sell well. And um, uh, sometimes we don't understand that, so I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, if, you, if you decide to, uh, that you want to be included in an anthology, understand there are guidelines, writer guidelines, uh, and, and that has to do with various things, and, including word count, and, and they're there for a purpose. And so uh, if, if, if you get involved, or if you're thinking about getting involved in, in, in an anthology series, remember that there is a bigger purpose in mind than one article. Uh, we're, we're looking at 15, 20, 30 articles or whatever happens to be that's going to go into this book. And so it's, it has to be somewhat uniform. Uh, we have to have some kind of set pattern in, uh, uh, involved in it. Um, 
Uh, another tip, if you really want to be successful in, in this, um, uh, we want uh, our people, in fact, just not our anthology series, but in any anthology series, they're going to want you to help promote the book. Uh, and that'll do two things. Number one, it'll give you more credibility because you have it on your website or you have it uh, wherever you go. Maybe you set up a booth at a at a at the county fair, or you set up a booth at a at a um, a farmer's market, or or whatever it happens to be. Uh, and, and you have your book there. You have copies of the book there, and and you sell that book. Uh, number one, you make income off of it. Uh, you gain, uh, gain credibility. Uh, you'll probably even get someone to ask you, hey, would you speak to our group because you're an author? Let me give you a true, uh, a true fun fact. Uh, I, uh, when I wrote uh, my third book, which was, uh, I wrote, uh, I have a background in theology, so my first two books were kind of uh, grounded in theology, and, um, and so I, I went that way. But my first business book, was entitled Creating Wealth for Women. Uh, and um, uh, uh, that book sold more business for me than anything else I did. Uh, I, I, I handed that book out kind of like a, a business card if there was something interesting that I wanted to do. And I've had people actually bypass more qualified people to work with me, if they bypass quality people to work with me because I was a published author. Mm-hmm. In our That's culture, uh, if you're a published author, you have instant credibility. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you uh, have anything of value to say or not. And I'm and I'm not trying to downplay that because we all have some important important to say. But uh, I've actually had people say, "Hey, I want ten books." And so they would buy 10 books of this and 10 books of that. And then when we met people, he would ha- hand out a book and, and say, hey, this is Don's new book. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they did that to, to, to bring credibility to themselves. But mm-hmm. it, I thought it was funny. And, and, and the, the person I have in mind, I know he never read any of them. <laughs> but he was passing them out like, uh, uh, like we were great buddies, and we were. Uh, but but he was doing it to uh, to gain uh, uh, to gain credibility. Um, but anyway, I, I said all that to say that you need to market. You need to help us market your book, uh, um, and you know you you'll get some, and then you'll want to order more. And, and I think we're going to do that at cost or something mm-hmm. similar to that. And uh, so it's it's a source of income for you, and it's a, it's a source of credibility, and. Um, uh, uh, understand that, uh, uh, and this is another tip here, if you're getting involved in an anthology series, make sure it fits uh, you. Because, uh, you know, if you want to write about um, uh, a German chocolate cake, it, uh, having a, uh, an article in a self-help book might not be uh, apropos. No, that would not. That would not, unless it's your business of making uh, German chocolate cake. Well, 
Well, you know, I'm, so I'm, that's I'm what well, we want is we're I'm and well, we actually only have about a minute until break, Don. But we we're when we're when we're going to come back, we're going to look talk, talk to you about the different type of authors that we're looking for. So if you are interested, go ahead and give me a shout out at Joe at JoeHosman.com. So again, J O at JoeHosman.com. If you have any questions for the show, give me a call at one eight 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 three four six nine one four one, and we will be right back after break. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you in your own driver's seat? Tune in to a program that will get you there based on what others have managed to do through challenges in their lives and how they persevered. Tune in to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. On our show, we use real issues and experts to help you reclaim your life. Danielle and her guests are here to steer you in the right direction. Make sure that you are here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to harness your power. The compassionate life is about just that. There are so many human beings who have made a name for themselves by being humanitarians. They have become individuals who are known for being selfless, kind, and compassionate. Host Dr. Brittany King is also one of these humanitarians. Each week she shares stories of kindness that she has experienced throughout the world, both as a contributor and recipient of these acts of love and kindness. Listen every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. listening to go for it to reach joe hausman with a comment or question about the show please send an email to joe at joehausman.com that's j-o at joehausman.com now back to go for it welcome welcome back to go for it my show here on the voice america empowerment channel i am your host joe hausman hey what a great show i mean i i gave my story at the beginning of the show and now from that from writing my book now i'm working with my business partner and we are working on an anthology series and what an anthology series is is basically writers that contribute uh article for the book and we call it a chapter and so what we're looking for is people who wanting to write a chapter for our for the new book and then you will be considered a published author because of my book and my book go for it a woman's guide to perseverance and because of becoming a published author you would not believe the doors that it opens for you in your life and like don and i both talked about it gives you credibility it gives you the um, impact to say you know what I'm a published author. Go look for me on Amazon. I'm on Amazon. Or if you have a website, now you can put your book and you have something to sell, something tangible that sells on your website. And like Don stated before, and I do this all the time, I was just at a farm show a couple weeks ago. I go to farm shows and I sell my book. I go to different shows. I go to women's expos. I go to shows all over to sell my book. But also when you're when you have a book to sell, then you can also expound from that. And from mine, I got my radio show. I go now and I do speaking engagements. I was just at a speaking engagement Friday. I I coach people. I, you know, it's just, it has opened up so many more doors for me than I ever thought possible. And so being a published author really gives you credibility. And like Don stated before, that people look at you differently. People look at you like, wow, 
you know, she's a published author and it really, and you know what, you can give your book out for free. You can sell it. You can do whatever you want to with it because it's your book. We're just helping you get it out there, but you also have to market it yourself. I know one time I met a doctor here. Oh gosh, it's probably been almost, well, probably nine, 10 months ago. And he said, you know, if you find it within yourself, why don't you uh, donate some of your books to the cancer center in town? Because when the patients are sitting there waiting, they'll they'll read the book. And so I did. So I, I donated several of my books to the cancer centers here in town. We have two of them, actually. And so I, I donated to both hospitals. And, you know, even though I'll never probably know who reads them, I just hope and pray. And I, I, write, I wrote a little note on the inside, on the inside cover saying, I hope and pray this book can find you um, peace and hope and endurance in your life. And it really is a powerful, powerful tool to use. So as we go back, and Don, thank you so much for staying on the line with me today. But this anthology series, um, he was, he's been part of one. I've been part of one. I actually had the gal on here oh, about a month or so ago about the anthology series. I'm involved with hers, and that will be coming out any day now. But it really, it's, to me, writing a chapter in his 1,500 words, and I know sometimes that can be tough, but to me it was so much easier than writing a whole book. Because a whole book I had to think, now of course mine was, and I keep saying this, mine was a personal story. A lot of people write business books and that's great too. But it's getting the name out there and getting, you know, getting your words out there. And I remember when I was writing my chapter for the anthology series I was in, I I got it to about, because right on your Word document, it will tell you how many words you have. So you don't even have to count them yourself. It The computer automatically does that for you. And I went to about 2,000 words, kind of like what Don did. He, you know, we went over the words and then I shortened it and then I shortened it too much. And then I added some more in. So it, it took some time to get exactly what the wording that I wanted. But in the end, it was worth it. And in the end, what happens is then you give to in this anthology series after your chapter, then we put your website, your email address, where people can find you on social media, what bio you have, your bi- you know, your biography, get get that to us as well. But that will also go in the book so people know more about you. And so there gets your name out there more. So, Don, do you have um, more things to add? Because I think it's such an exciting thing that we're doing. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to be able to help other people become published authors. That's that's what I like to do. That's why I want to tell my story today. That's why I want to get that out there and to be able to help other people. And so through this anthology series, we're helping other people become a published author. With, with It's an investment, but not a big investment, I don't feel. And so it's just getting not compared to, you know, if you hire a publisher and those type of things, it's going to be a lot more money, but it's worth it. It's worth it to get your name out there. It's worth it to get your story out there. So what do you think about that, Don? Oh, yeah. Um, I've got a friend that um, uh, uh, was included in the anthology series Chicken Soup for the Soul. She uh, She was in three or four different books, I believe. Um, uh, uh, and she was a speaker, and so she would go around uh, across the country speaking, and, and whenever she went, she took books with her, because uh, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul uh, sold them to her at, at cost, and then she sold them for retail at, 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 her, at her venues, and, you know, she just did pretty well. She, you know, she didn't get rich doing that, but uh, well, what it did do was it got the attention of, of a major publisher, and it got her a deal where she's written several books now for this one publisher. Uh, mm-hmm. They pay her to write, 
and uh, mm-hmm. she's like a staff writer now because of her her writing in this anthology series. So, uh, if if people are considering this, they consider they should consider it as a tool to get them to the next step. Uh, if they want to go to the next step, there's nothing wrong with just writing and, and being included in an anthology series. But if they want to use that as a springboard for something, it's, it's, it, it can be a wonderful tool. Mm-hmm. And Chicken Soup for the Soul, ladies and gentlemen, is an anthology series because it has different writers for different chapters. So Chicken Soup for the Soul, that's exactly what it is. It's an anthology series. So all the different books that they have, they're all anthology series. So that's why we are starting an anthology series. I know there's so many of us that have a story to tell and there's so many of us that need to get that story out there that but they don't know where to go what to do or how to how to get there and so that is why we're starting this series and if you yeah, lot, if you're a lot of oh, go ahead. a lot of bestsellers are anthology uh series books mm-hmm. um uh bennett did a book on on education and um uh this was back in the 80s he was secretary of um of um um uh, he was the National Education Secretary for Reagan, uh, Bill Bennett, and uh, he did one, I forget the name of the title of it now, but it was just an anthology series, a whole bunch of articles from a, do- a lot of different people, and he got, you know, uh, because of the uh, thing, he got a lot of a lot of coverage out of it, as did his writers. So it's 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 really well worth it, and uh, well, I think it is, mm-hmm. and uh, especially for uh, people who are starting out, and uh, um, and and would just like to get going. It's it's a it's it's a great tool to have. Mm-hmm. It really is. And so and that's also like we talked about. It's going to give you great credibility, and you're going to be able to go out there. And and so when I kind of I came up with the idea. I don't know when was that, Don? Last fall. And Don's just like, sure, let's do it. Don's just so easy going. He. He's just like, if you got the idea, let's run with it. And Don has more of the experience than I do because he has authored over twenty books, and he's also a bestseller on Amazon. I've only I've only authored one book. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Three now. I've authored three, and one of them is an anthology series, and it will be coming out here, like I said, any day now. But the thing is, once you become an a published author, like I stated before, people come at me all the time wanting me to be in different books and do different things. It really does open up your life. I also go speaking around the country. So does Don. And so it's fun to get paid to go speaking, isn't it, Don? Oh, it is. In fact, I first time I met you, I was I, I was out of state. I, I, I'm in Oregon right now. I'm in Portland, in the Portland mm-hmm. area. And I and I traveled to South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, to speak up there, and you were in the audience. And I fact, was. I think you, and in fact, one of the things I do when I speak is I have drawings for my books. Um, and I think you even won a book, if I recall. Uh, <laughs> I did. Boy, you've got a good memory. That's been several years ago, and you've got a good memory, Don. That, yeah, I did win a book. Actually, I believe I was about the only female, or maybe there was one other gal. It was. It was. I, I also like to do real estate investing. And so it was a real estate investing class. It was a day-long class that Don came and spoke to. So I, I like to do real estate investing as well. So, yeah, Don came and spoke to me, but he had had several of his books with him, and he did drawings, and so I was I, I won one of his books. And from there, you know, once – and I will tell you, I wasn't a real big reader. My, when my son was a junior in high school, junior, senior, he started reading a lot more, and he would give me so much grief. He'd be like, Mom, you need to start reading. And I'm like, ugh. The thought of reading. Ugh. I had so many other things on my plate at that time. But 
what I did was once my husband passed away and he went off to college, I decided, you know what, maybe it is time for me to kind of find peace within myself. I actually started reading. And the one thing, and I say this all the time, the one thing I ran from is the one thing I needed the most, and that was alone time. And so I found alone time within myself. I started reading the Bible and scriptures more, but also I started reading business books and motivational books and those type of things. Now, my son has a really big library here at the house still of a lot of his books. Now he took a lot with him, but now I also have my own library of books. So I like that. And matter of fact, I was looking through his, his library books the other day because I was looking for a specific book from Robert Kiyosaki actually, because he had borrowed mine, but it's, uh, it's fun to go through his books to see what he's read. And the one thing neat about my son is he's, he, he makes little notes in his books so this book that uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, I went and got that back, but he had made a note in and he said, and when I was married to my husband, Jim, he said, I've heard so many um, great things from my mom and Jim that I wanted to read this book. And it really is a great book. And I'm going to take a lot of his information and use it. And I was like, wow. So I made an impact. And that's always a good thing when you know your child is listening to you. So anyway. Again, that's what you can do with your book. That's what you can do when you become a published author. You can hand it off to other people. You can sell it. You can do whatever you want to with it. But the key thing is, is marketing it. And it, it was hard for me at first to market my book because I didn't really want people knowing my whole story. But yet, and I wanted people's lives to change and hopefully for the better. And so when I did that, it really opened up a lot more doors for me. And same for Don. And Don, I think we have about three minutes left until the end of the show, but it really opened up a lot more doors for you as well and for your speaking and for my speaking. So being a published author is good. It's really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, our, our culture uh, really uh, makes a celebrity out of uh, an author. Uh, yeah, um, not only does it give you instant credibility, as, as you already talked about, it, it, says, it sets you up on a pedestal. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not sure it's good, but that's just the way it is. We're perceived as, uh, as, as uh, some kind of celebrity, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and people are attracted to that. Mm -hmm. They are. Well, the thing is, you took the time to write the book. And what I yeah. tell people all the time is if, if you're having a hard time you know, writing, I journaled, and I journaled for years, and that's what I used to write my book. Plus, I, you know, added other things, but I use that journal. And so if you have a journal, have a diary or something, you know, use those notes. Use um, use what you've learned in the past. But if you are interested in this anthology series, we'd love to talk with you about it. You can go ahead and shoot me an email, joe, J-O, at joehausman.com. Or um, Don is Don at DonLloyd.com. And Lloyd is L-O-Y-D. So Don at DonLloyd.com. So also, ladies and gentlemen, I just thank you so much for being part of the show. Don, thank you so much for being part of the show today. And I am looking forward to having all of our new writers on part of our book, the anthology series. And also, ladies and gentlemen, as I always say at the end of every show, you're stronger than what you give yourself credit for. And just remember that. And I hope and pray that you were able to take some strength and perseverance from my story as well. And that I learned perseverance. It was just an internal perseverance that I had, but also through the trials and tribulations of life, as we also learn our own perseverance. So if you're going through hard times or going... Um, going through issues maybe that's not so pleasant, reach out to other people and help them and help them um, to make your new normal. 
but try to remain positive and try to take one step at a time because it really is worth it and life is worth living. And that's why we're still here on this earth because life is worth living. So go forth and be great today. And as always, I can't wait to talk to you again next week. God bless. Go forth and be great. Thank you for listening to Go For It. Be sure to come back next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Joe Hausman, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great day and an even better week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.